I, I promise I won't, I won't spit on you. Okay. In fact, if it makes you a little nervous, I'll pull it back some. But uh, if you've ever had to speak to people, any kind of public speaking, it's so much easier when there's faces right here than uh, way off in yonder. Well, preferably the smiley ones. She's the heckler. All right. Well, how many of you are expecting God to speak to you tonight? Well, we got a couple. That's a good start. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe, God, that there will be more than a couple by the end of the service. And I'm going to even believe, God, that there's going to be more than a couple of you that he actually speaks to tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just start open in prayer before we, I begin here tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and to meet together. God, I just ask you to just speak through me. God, that I'm a willing vessel to be used of you. And God, I ask you to just uh, supernaturally speak to the hearts of these people here tonight. God, the questions that they have, the, the, the answers that they're seeking, God, I ask you to just speak to them individually right where they're at. God, every one of us is at a different spot in our life, a different place. But God, I'm asking you to meet them right where they are tonight. And God, I thank you that we open up our hearts right now to receive your word. We open up our hearts to, to hear what you have to say. We open our ears to hear the word. We open our eyes to see what you are saying to us tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. We thank you for the, yo- the anointing, Father God, that does the work that we can't do in our own ability. So God, I ask you right now to just minister to each person tonight through through the words that I speak and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever had the opportunity to stand in faith, believing God for something, and it didn't come to pass when you thought it would? couple of us. Perfect. <laughs> well, for the rest of you, when you have this opportunity, <laughs> re-listen to this message because <laughs> it will hopefully speak to you. But tonight I want to talk to you about, um, you know, Pastor Jonathan on Sundays has been speaking to us about the faith of Abraham, right? He's been reading in Re- Romans 4, speaking how Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had spoken to him, that God would bring it to pass. And so I'm going to kind of just um, continue on with that thought. But, you know, have you ever heard that the the two powerhouses being faith and patience, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And so many times... We, you know, we know the verse that says the righteous shall live by faith. I live by faith. And so we know, you know, a lot of times we know what faith is. Faith is, is speaking those things that be not as though they were. That's what faith is. But then we forget that there's this other little aspect that goes along with faith called patience. And sometimes we go, yeah, God, I'm believing you for this. I believe for you. And it's been a whole day. And then it's like, God, it's been two days. God, it's been a week. And then we start feeling like, God, are you answering? Do you hear me, God? Did you, are you, did you say that? Is your word true? We start questioning all of these things about God and about faith. And we forget to, and we, we sometimes forget that we have to have that impa- the, the patience to go along with that faith. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. We're going to start in James chapter 1. Did you know that you have no more faith than you have patience? In other words, when your patience runs out, so does your faith. So when you start to think, God, do you hear me? Or God, are you going to answer my prayer? When is this ever going to come to pass? When is this ever going to happen? When you start to enter and, and entertain those thoughts... Your faith is no, lo- is no longer there. You don't ha- you're, you've let go of your faith. The Bible tells us to hold fast, right? To hold fast to the promises. Hold fast by faith. But when we start questioning, you know, the timing of it all, God, God, why, why? We've let go of that faith. So our patience, our faith only goes as long as our patience goes. So it's important. Can't you see why it's important that we have patience? Because if we want to live by faith, then the Bible says that the righteous 
just shall live by faith. So if we want to be the people that live by faith, we also have to be a patient people and we have to be willing to wait till we see the promise that God has given to us and not put our time frames on it because so many times that's what we're tempted to do. We're tempted to say, God, I'm believing you for healing, but it needs to happen in the next week. And if it doesn't happen in the next week, God, I guess it's not your will. So many times people say that, but that's not, that's not scriptural. And we're going to look at a couple of examples here tonight. Have you found James yet? Perfect. James chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 2. It says, Consider it all joy, my brethren. All joy. Say all joy. All joy. I'm going to get you guys talking yet tonight. <laughs> so consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. I don't know if you're like me, but I think how can trials be joyful? How many of you have ever gone through a trial before? Would you say it was joyful? I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't seem to be. But, but uh, James is telling us here that we can consider it all joy when we go through these trials. And why can we consider it all joy? He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Or another translation says, another word for endurance is patience. So the testing of your faith, when your faith is put to the test, what is the result? Patience. When your faith is true, genuine faith, you know, how do we know that it's true faith? It's, it's stood the test of time. It continues on. We don't waver in our faith because if I, if I am believing God for something and two days after I start believing God for it, I let go of, I, I'm like starting to question, God, is this you? Is that, you know, did you have this for me? Is this your will? I've let go of that faith. That faith then, you know, was it real faith? Was it genuine faith? So it says here that knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect result or its perfect work. So patience can have a perfect work. This is what it is. So that you may be perfect, perfect or another word for perfect is mature and complete, lacking in nothing. When we get to the point, when we've been believing God for something and we see that come to pass, we've got to that point that we're not lacking anything. If we have lack and if we're in lack, then how do we get from that place of lack to that place of lacking nothing? What does it tell us here? Yeah, endurance, patience. When your faith is put to the test, the result is always going to be patience. You'll, it'll come out with patience. How many of you want to get to that place where you say, I don't lack anything? That God is God working in me every good work that God has for my life, that I'm walking in it. The good news, it can happen. Even better news, you're going to need patience. It, it might not always happen when you think it's going to happen. But if God said it, the good news is it will happen. It will come to pass. Every word that God speaks, it comes to pass. Isaiah 55 tells us that every, vo every word that is spoken will not come back to him void. It will not come back to him empty. It will do everything that it was set out to do, that it was spoken to do. It will do it. We just have to remember that it's not always in our time. But God has the perfect time. Amen. So he says that we let endurance or let patience have its perfect result so that we will lack nothing, that we'll reach that, that state of maturity and completion. Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 12. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those through of those who through faith and patience. He's telling us here that we are to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Inherit the promises. How do we inherit the promises? Through faith and patience. How do we get to that point where we lack nothing? Faith and patience. See, it's not enough to just believe God for something. 
just to believe God and then that's it. We got to keep believing and keep believing and keep standing and keep um, speaking what God spoke about the situation. And as, as long as we believe God, we, we believe God as long as it takes. So we don't put the time frame on it, but we just believe God and we say, God, you spoke it, so I believe it. And I'm going to keep believing it, and I'm going to keep believing it, and I'm going to keep believing it, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what people say to me, no matter what I might be going through, no matter what my b- body is saying to me, no matter what my bank account says, God, you said, so I believe it, and I'm going to keep on believing, and I'm going to keep on believing, and I'm going to keep on believing, and I'm not going to quit. Because when we when we lose patience, when we decide, ah, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore, what do we do? We quit. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. If you've been here on Sundays, you've heard Pastor Jonathan talk about this, but I'm just going to quickly review it for those of you that haven't been here. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, and he said that I'm going to make you a father, I'm going to make your name great, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Well, this is Abraham, who is 75 years old. He's not had a child yet, and God is saying, I'm going to make your name great and you're going to be a father of many nations in other words i'm going to send a son and you're going to have a son well in the natural that didn't look like something that was really possible he was 75 years old but god spoke a word to him and one day god took abraham out to the one night sorry he took abraham out and he told abraham look up into the sky you see all those stars when you see those stars that's to remind you this is how many descendants you're going to have and he took him out to the beach one day and he said look at the sand can you count all the sand no cannot count all the sand he said when you look at this beach when you see all those grains of sand that's to remind you of how many descendants you're going to have See, Abraham, he probably got to a point that he just, he had to be reminded of what God had spoken to him. And how many times do we let go of a word that God's spoken to us because we haven't necessarily seen it come to pass when we thought it should come to pass. So we put it down, we put it on the back burner, we forget about it because we say, God, it's not happening, so it must not have been your will. God, maybe I didn't hear you right. And so we, we place it out of our sight and we forget about it and we don't believe God for it. But that's not who we're to be, right? It says that we're to be imitators of those, through who, who, of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. God has promises for each one of you. And you know what? He might have spoken it directly to your spirit, directly to you, or he might have spoken it through his word. Through it, His word has so many promises for each one of us to live and to, um, to, to have. We're, he said that we're, we, are an, we have the inheritance of Abraham. So if you look up all the promises that Abraham, you get those because you're an heir to Abraham, you receive those promises as well. And those are things that we can stand on and believe God for. But sometimes we say, I've tried this and I've tried it and I've tried it and it just doesn't work. My answer to that is no, it tried you and you quit. (laughs) You got to the point that you could not handle it anymore and you gave it up. You quit. And we all know that if you quit, you never get the promise. And you know what? The enemy, he does not want you to receive the promise. He doesn't want you to stand and believe God for those promises. He doesn't want you to have that, those, that patience, the endurance to be able to stand till you see it come to pass. And so he's going to throw distractions. He's going to throw all kinds of things your way to cause you to take your focus off of what God promised and start putting your focus on the thing, other things around you. And what happens is you start getting tired and you start getting weary and thinking, oh, God, does this ever going to happen? And when am I going to see it? And all of a sudden you start getting into that negative mindset and you end up quitting. You end up saying, I tried it. It didn't work. So don't quit. You know, it reminds me of that, the, uh, and you've probably all heard this, the story of Daniel where uh, he had prayed and he asked God for something and uh, (laughs) it didn't happen right away. 
And God showed him that in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, that as soon as Daniel had prayed and asked God for this answer, God had sent an angel with the answer. But in the heavenly realm, for 21 days, that angel had to war against the evil powers. And it took the angel 21 days to defeat the, the evil powers and to get that answer to Daniel. Now, Daniel didn't quit. He didn't give up. He held on till he saw that promise. But how many times do we think, God, did you hear me? You know, when you're believing God for something like healing, right? God, you said in your word that... that um, by, a stri- by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Why am I feeling this pain? Why am I suffering from these symptoms? God, don't you know where I am? And we start questioning all of these things. He knows. God knows the promises that he's made for you, and he'll keep them. You just got to keep believing them. Keep believing them. Keep believing them, because your answer is right around the corner. And if you quit, you won't see the answer. You won't see the promise. Verse 14, saying, so this is what God said to Abraham. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. How did this come to pass? How did this promise come to pass in Abraham's life? Verse 15, and so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. How did he obtain the promise? He patiently waited. And I tell you, if anybody had to wait, it was Abraham. He waited 25 years till he saw the promise of God come to pass in his life. He was 75 when God spoke that promise to him that he would have a son. And he was almost 100 years old when, it, when Isaac was actually born. It takes time sometimes for those promises to come to pass. But the good news is, is if you don't quit, it will come. It will come. It's not enough to just keep believing, but you gotta, to just believe, but you got to keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Even when it doesn't look like it's happening, you keep believing. You stand firm. You stand strong. You don't give in. You don't quit. Amen? Let's just turn over to chapter 10 in Hebrews. We're going to look at verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Does it pay to keep believing? Yeah, because what do we get when we keep believing? A great reward. There's a great reward if we do not throw away our confidence, if we don't throw away what we believe in God for. There is a great reward. And then it goes on to say, for you have need of endurance. You have need of, impa- of patience. When I read that, that's not a suggestion to me. It's not suggesting maybe you should have a little patience with that faith. No, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. I need to have patience. If I don't have the patience to go along with that faith, then I'm not going to have what it takes to keep believing and keep believing and keep believing. So patience is a key and a vital part of me receiving the promises that God's spoken for me to have. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is... The assurance or the foundation of things hoped for or things that are expected. It's the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. For by it, by what? By faith, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. How is the world prepared or the worlds prepared? God spoke. The very beginning, Genesis 1, in the beginning, right? What did, what, how did God um, bring into existing creation? He spoke. Let there be light. Let there be animals. Let there be water. All of these things he spoke. He spoke them into creation. So that what, was, what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. You see, if someone tries to tell you, the world just appeared. 
Well, then this, that doesn't fit this verse, right? Because it says that the things which, so that what is seen, so the world that he created, was not made out of things that are visible. In other words, they weren't visible. Now let's go on. Keep reading. Let's go to verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. There we see that word again, reward. Remember, if we don't throw away our confidence, what is the result? A great reward. He says here that if we come to God, we must believe that he is, we must believe, sorry, that God is, so that God is God and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. So those who seek God will be rewarded. Now what's another, what's another way of saying seek? You search, you pursue. When you're seeking, you're looking for something, right? You're looking for. It is an action. In fact, that word right there is not a one-time thing. It's not, I just seek God once, but it's a continual, I seek and I seek and I seek and I seek. It's not, it's not, it's a continual action that we continue to do throughout our life. And God says that as I, as I seek him, what's going to happen? There'll be a reward. What's that reward? It'll believe, it'll be what I'm believing God for. It'll believe that his promises come to pass in my life. So another word or another way of saying seeking is to look for. I look for. And when I, and when I am living by faith and patience, faith is like the persuasion, right? So I'm persuaded that what God said is going to happen is going to happen. Remember, if you were here on Sundays in Romans chapter 4, it's talking about Abraham. It said that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God would bring to pass. That's what faith is. Faith is that full assurance, that full persuasion that God said it, I believe it, so it's going to happen. But then to go along with that, we have patience. And the patience is the looking for. As I stand and I believe what God said and what he spoke, I continue to look for that. I expect that to happen in my life. I look for that when, God, when it's the manifestation of that. So I'm looking for it. And I'm not just looking once, but I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and I keep looking for it and I keep looking for it. And even though everybody around me says, why are you looking for this? I keep looking for it. And even when the circumstances say, stop looking for it, I keep looking for it. And why do I keep looking for it? Because God told me to keep looking for it. Because God said, he spoke a word and I believed it. And therefore I keep looking and I keep waiting expectantly for it to come to pass. And that's a good thing. You know, and, and we, this is every area of our life. This isn't just one area of our life. We do this with every area of our life. We believe God and we look for it to happen in our lives. By faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen. Do you think God spoke a word to Noah? Yep, what did he say to Noah? I'm going to send some rain. He spoke a word to Noah. Do you think Noah believed that word? Of course. How do we know he believed it? Because he started to do something about it. He was looking for the rain because what it is, it says here, in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah was expecting the rain that God had told him was going to happen. He was looking for it. And how do we know that he was? Because he started to prepare for it. He was preparing in his life. He started building this ark and everyone around him said, you're a crazy old man. Why are you building an ark? Because up until this point, they'd never even seen rain before. They didn't know what it was. And so there's this old man going around saying, it's going to rain. It's going to, God's bringing a flood on this earth. It's going to rain. And the people are like, what are you talking about? We've never even seen rain before. You are crazy. But Noah heard a word from God. And he didn't let people around him discourage him from believing it. He, he didn't go by, well, God, it's been a year and it hasn't rained yet. 
Are you sure that's what you told me? How many years did it take until it actually rained from the time that God spoke to Noah? About 120 years. That's a long time of waiting. That's a long time of handling people, ridiculing you, saying, where's this rain? You speak of this rain that your God said he's going to send. Where is it? You know, we all know what it's like to be believing for something and then circumstances tell us differently or other people tell us differently and we start to doubt it. But Noah, he prepared. He prepared for what God, for what God had spoken to him that was going to happen in his life. Faith always prepares and it gets ready. You know that you're looking for what God spoke to you about. You know that you're expecting it when you're preparing for it, when you're you're ready for it to happen in your life. Then verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place where he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. In Genesis 12, right before, in I think verse... Two or three is when God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. He gave that promise to Abraham. Right before it, though, he says to Abraham, I want you to leave the country that you are living in right now. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your friends. And I want you to just head to a different land. He didn't even tell him what land that was. He just said, start going. Well, that takes a lot of faith. If I called you up and I said, "Uh, can you go... uh, can you go get something for me today? Sure. Where do you want me to go? Uh, Just start going north. Just start going north. Well, how far north am I going to go? Well, just keep going north. You know, it was pretty vague, the instructions that God had given Abraham. But Abraham obeyed them. He did them. And, you know, and this is the thing is that he had never even seen He didn't know, you know, God said, basically, I'm going to send you to a city, but he didn't know what city it was. He didn't know where it was. You know, you pack up your family, you pack up all your animals, you pack up all your money, you pack up everything you have, and you just start going. How did he know that the city was there? God had spoke to him. He had a word from God. Had he ever seen it before? Had he ever been there before? No. He, he, he didn't know any of those things, but he, by faith, believed what God had spoke to him. And he acted. He obeyed. If we really believe God has spoken to us, we'll continue to look for it. And if we are not looking for something, that says that we're, we didn't believe what God so, told us. We didn't believe it. So we want to be a people that are looking for the word of God, what God promised us in his word. He might be something that he spoke to us directly, more specifically. We want to continue to believe God for it. Continue to believe. Continue looking for it. If you look over in, uh, oh, let's just finish up here. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in the foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For, look what it says here. For he was looking for the city, which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham was looking for the promise. God spoke it, and he began looking for it. Turn over to chapter 13 of Hebrews. Verse 14, for here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. We are looking for the city which is to come. Are we to be looking for something? Yes, we are to be looking. Faith and patience never stops looking for the fulfillment of what God has promised. Never stops looking. It's always looking for it. No matter how long it takes, no matter what might be going on, keeps looking, keeps looking. Uh, you know, there's a spiritual principle, and Naomi kind of, um, she quoted tonight during praise and worship, but in uh, Matthew 7, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it quickly to you. But it's a spiritual principle that God has put into place. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. It's a spiritual principle. The thing that we know about spiritual principles is like, it's kind of like the law of gravity. It always happens. 
I know that if I throw a ball up in the air, it's always going to come down. Why? It's the law of gravity. It has to do it. It's the only option. Unless God intervenes and supernaturally causes it not to come down. That's the only way. When God supersedes those natural laws. But in the natural, the gravity is a law. That if I throw something up, it always comes down. Well, in the, in the kingdom of God, there's spiritual principles that are the same way. That if, if, it, if God says it, it always happens that way. And this is one of those spiritual principles where he says, if you ask, you will receive. Or it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. So we have to seek and continually seek. And if we keep seeking, we will find. If we're looking, for, we ha- but we have to be looking for something in order to find it. Right? If we don't look for something, we'll never find it. You don't know what you're looking for if you're not looking, right? So, you know, if we're seeking something, we're looking for it, we will always find it. And that's a spiritual principle that God's put into place. Abraham, you think he kept looking for the promise? 25 years. He kept looking. He kept looking. And he wouldn't quit looking for the fulfillment of God's word. He kept looking. And kept, he was fully persuaded That what God had said he would do, he would bring it to pass. He kept looking for it. First Kings, I'm going to read you a story. We're going to look at a story and we'll wrap it up with this. First Kings chapter 18. So if we seek, we will find. If we look for something, we will find. So what are we looking for? What are we looking for in our lives? What promise has God given us that we are believing God to see to come to pass in our life and we continue to look for it to happen? 1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to look at Elijah. And God, in verse 1, it says, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So God spoke a word to Elijah. In the third year, saying, go show yourself to Ahab. He was the king at the time. And he says, I will send rain on the face of the earth. Now, the thing you have to know is that it hadn't rained for years. In fact, they were in such desperate, they were in a desperate situation because it hadn't rained for so many years. And God, he, he gave a word to Elijah. And he said, I want you to go to the king Ahab. And I want you to tell him, I've got a word. It will rain. I'm going to send rain. Now, you know what? It hadn't rained for years, so why would he even believe that? Probably if he turned on the old nether, the weather network, it probably wasn't in the forecast for any rain. But Elijah, that didn't matter to him because he had something better than the weather network. He had something better than the forecast. He had a word from God. And God had spoke, it, I will send rain. And when God says something, is it always true? Yes. Should you look for the fulfillment of it if God says it? Yes. How long should we keep looking for it? Until we see it. Until we find it, right? And when is it, when is it going to quit being true, what God spoke to us? Never. If God spoke it, it's always true. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't go, oh, you know what? I thought that yesterday, but silly me. I don't think that today. That's not God. He doesn't change his mind. So if he spoke a word to you, he hasn't changed his mind about it. We need to always expect it and never quit expecting. That's what patience is. Always looking for it. Always expecting it to happen. Verse, so so then let's go over to verse 41, I think it is. Yep. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink. For there is a sound of the roar of a heavy shower. Can you imagine what the king was thinking at this time? Like it hadn't rained for years. And all of a sudden this dude comes in and he says, God says he's going to send rain. It's going to rain. The king is like, yeah, right. And Elijah says to him, listen, you got to go, go eat. He said, because I hear the sound of a heavy rain coming. 
See, that's the way faith is. That's the way it talks. That's the way it thinks. Even though it doesn't appear that it's going to rain, it's not in the forecast. It doesn't look, you look in the sky and it's blue skies. There's no chance that it even looks like in the natural that it's going to rain. But if God spoke it, I believe it. And God says it's going to rain, so it's going to rain. And I can hear the sound of that heavy rain coming. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, uh, yeah, of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, so Elijah has his servant with him. Listen what he says. Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he comes back. And what does the servant say? There's nothing. Now, just imagine this. Now, Elijah is a man of faith, and he has heard a word from God. He believes that God is going to send rain. I'm not sure how faith-filled his servant was, but he says to his servant, I want you to go, and I want you to look for the rain. Servant runs over wherever he's got to go, high mountain, wherever. He looks, blue sky. Comes running back to Elijah. He says, there's nothing. I want, you to, I want you to hear how it says it in the New Living Translation. It says, then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and he looked. Then returned to Elijah and he said, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean nothing is happening. That's the good news. Just because I don't see it happening in the natural doesn't mean there's nothing happening. And when Elijah's servant looked out across the sea, he saw nothing. And he came back and he's like, there is nothing. Nada. So Elijah, he says, go look again. So the servant runs over to that spot again. He looks, blue sky, comes back, comes to Elijah, and he says, sorry, there's nothing. Elijah says, go look again. So he goes, and he sends him up again. Still blue sky, comes back. Now this is about the time that the servant starts thinking, I don't know. I don't know that God really meant that. Or... Maybe it's not God's will for it to rain. Or he could be like rebellious and be like, I'm out of here. This guy's crazy. He's making me go look. I've looked three times. Nothing has changed. I still don't see anything. But this is the thing we need to know, that if God said it, we have to be fully persuaded that no matter what is happening around us, no matter what it looks like, I believe it, and I'm going to keep looking for it. So Elijah, like a good man of faith, he says, go look again. This is the fourth time. The guy goes, and by this time, he's probably like dragging his feet, like, are you kidding me? He's probably mumbling, I can't believe it. He's making me do this again. Is he like... There's not ever going to be anything. This is silly. This is crazy. Why am I doing this? He goes, he looks. Obviously, of course, there's nothing. Back he goes, tells Elijah, uh, sorry, but there's nothing again. Elijah, fifth time, he says, go look again. Guy comes back, same thing. Sixth time, go look again. The servant comes back. There is nothing. He's probably getting frustrated by now. Are you kidding me? If you ask me to go one more time. But Elijah, he was looking for the rain. He believed that it was coming. And so that didn't, you know, just because there was nothing didn't stop him from looking for it. And so he says to the servant one last time. On the seventh time, he says, go look again. On verse 44, it came about at the seventh time that he said, he comes back, so he looks, and he's like, wait a second, I think I see a cloud. It's, you know, he's probably holding his hand up like this, and his hand covers the size of that cloud way off in the distance. He runs back, he's like, I saw a cloud, it's the size of a man's hand. And this is, this is Elijah's response. 
He said, he says to his servant, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower does not stop you. Now listen, this is a little cloud that this is off in the distance that is barely bigger than the guy's hand. I mean, is that kind of cloud going to produce a heavy shower that's going to stop a guy in his chariot from getting down the mountain? Probably not. But Elijah says, ah, this is just the beginning because we see the cloud and that cloud is going to bring forth the rain that God has promised that he's going to bring. And he says to his servant, go tell Ahab, he's got to get down from this mountain because if he doesn't get down from this mountain, he's not going to make it down because it's going to be the heaviest rain that he's ever seen. And what does he do? In a little while, I love this. In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. Elijah could have stopped believing. You know, for six times, it was the same result. For six times, nothing changed. For six times, it was the same thing, the same response. But Elijah did not give up. He believed what God had said, and he said, go look again, because I know that my God's going to send rain. I know the word of God that he spoke. I know the word that God spoke to me and I'm going to keep believing it and believing it until I see it. Till I see that rain, I will not stop looking for it. <laughs> now, how, do you, how many of you know when you're believing God for something, you're believing him for something and you got to stand kind of the test of time and continue believing him. And then when it comes to pass, there's an excitement that rises up on the inside of you. There's this, you know, it's just like this excitement, this, this grace that rises up on the inside of you. And look what it happens in verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins. He pulls up his loins. And he, and he outran Ahab to Jezreel. He outran the chariot. Faith stirred something big on the inside of him. He saw what he was believing God for. It came to pass. And he, you know, there was this excitement, this anointing that came on him. And he outran the chariot down the mountain. We all know that that's not possible in the natural. But, you know, he just, he got excited. And, and by the spirit of God, he outran that chariot. What was Elijah basing his faith on? The word that God had spoke to him. And Elijah continued to speak it. He continued to say, go look, go look, go look. I'm expecting this rain. I'm expecting it to come. What are we looking for? I can tell you something I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for problems. I'm not looking for lack. I'm not looking for sickness. I'm not looking for weariness, for weakness. And so many times we start looking at those things. And what's the spiritual principle in Matthew tell us? That if we seek, we find. If I start looking for problems, guess what I'm going to find? Problems. If I start looking for sickness, oh man, the flu's everywhere. It's probably going to hit my house. Ooh, you were just looking for it. Guess what? You're going to find it. It's a spiritual principle. I'm not looking for those things, but I'm looking for the, the plan that God has for the rest of my life. I'm looking for doors of opportunity to share his goodness. I'm looking for his abundant provision. I'm looking for his amazing healing in my body. Those are the things that I'm looking for. And, and that's, we've got to put our, we've got to put our focus where it needs to be. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, let's just turn there real quick so I don't misquote it. Second Corinthians 4.18. Well, we look not at the things which are seen. So we don't look at the things that we see with our natural eye. But we look at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporal. In other words, if I'm looking for healing, but I don't see healing right now, all I feel are these symptoms in my body. It's saying here, I don't look at what I see. I look at the unseen. I look at what God's word says. And God's word says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So I'm believing God. I'm looking for the healing in my body. And I, you know what? And I say, you know what? The things which are seen, they are temporal. They are temporary. They are subject to change. They are going to change because the word of God supersedes any natural law. God always supersedes the natural. So in my natural body, there might be symptoms, but God's word is supernatural, super above, above the natural. And so God's word is above the natural. And his word says that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. He said he sent his word and he healed them all. And we could go on and on with scriptures and promises about God's healing for our body. And I stand on those and that's what I'm looking for. And I don't look at the thing that is seen because it's temporary. It's subject to change. It's subject to change to the word of God. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Last scripture, Hebrews 12. What am I looking at? What am I looking for? You see, you cannot see the answer when you're looking at the problem. If you're looking at the problem, you're going to find the problem. If you want the answer, you got to look for the answer. You cannot see your healing when you're looking at your symptoms. You cannot see your provision when you're looking at your bills. Because what you seek, what you look for, you will find. So what do we look at? What are we seeking? Verse 2 of, of Hebrews 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And if you, if you have a Bible like mine, over in the margin, it has a little number one. And it says, looking to Jesus. Who are we looking to? I don't look to the symptoms when I want healing. I look to the healer when I want healing. When I need provision, I look to the provider. When I need joy, I look to the one who has joy. What am I looking at? Who am I looking at? Because what I look to is what I'm going to find. And it says here that I'm to look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. We keep looking until we find. You seek and you seek and you continue to seek and you look and you continue to look and continue to look until you see what God had promised. You don't quit. You don't give up. And like we begin in James chapter 1 verse 2 where it said that letting patience have its perfect result or perfect work that we would be perfected or mature and complete lacking nothing. Lacking in no good thing. You see, we can get to that place in our, in our lives where we lack no good thing. But who are we looking, what are we looking for on our way to lacking that, no, or on our way to lacking no good thing? If we look at the lack, we're going to find the lack. If we look at the sickness, we're going to find sickness. If we look at the uneasiness, we're going to find uneasiness. But if I look to the healer, I'm going to find healing. If I look to the provider, I'm going to find provision. That's just a spiritual principle, amen? So let's, sometimes we just have to reevaluate re what are we looking at? What am I looking at in my life? Because you know what? We all go through trials. And Jesus said, how do you think James could say, I consider it all joy, my brethren, when I encounter various trials? When I go through these tough times in my life, how can I have joy? I can have joy because I know that if God spoke a word to me, that it will come to pass. 
The question is, am I going to remain looking for that promise the entire time until I see it come to pass? Or am I going to give up and quit and let go of it? Or am I going to be like Hebrews, which says to hold fast the profession of our faith? Am I going to hold fast? That word hold fast means to hold on with all you got. How many of you have ever seen that cartoon where there's like this big beaked dip? bird, I don't even know, crane maybe, I don't know, something with a really big beak and this frog and he's like half in the mouth but he got smart and he's like holding the, the long, like the bird has a long neck and he's holding the neck of the bird like right up by the throat so that, you know, as long as he doesn't let go, the bird can't swallow him. And it's like, never give up. That's how we got to be sometimes when it comes to the things of God. It might seem like the enemy's got us in a tough spot. It might seem like he's got you right where he wants you. But if you've got God on your side, you're holding on to the promise that God spoke to you. You know, it might seem like the enemy has half devoured you. But if you hold on to the promise of God, it's like you're holding the enemy's neck. And as long as you keep holding on and you don't let that go, he can't devour you. And he'll eventually grow tired and he'll just say, it is not worth it. I'm going on to something better. Something that's easier to devour because this is way too much work. That's how we got to be in our lives. Don't let go. Don't quit. And keep looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. And you will get to the place, if you, if you imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises, you will get to that place in your life where you're, you say, I lack nothing. Not because of me, not because of my ability, but because of God. Because I choose to look to God. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, we thank you that you are our healer, that you are our provider. God, that we choose to focus on you. We choose to fix our eyes on you tonight. Father God, that there might be circumstances in our life that seem to be devouring us, but we choose not to look at those circumstances any longer. God, I thank you that you help us to put our focus back where it needs to be. And God, that, that we continue to believe the word that you've spoken to us. God, whether it be a word that's, that we find in your word or it's a word that you've sp personally spoken to, to us, God, we, we believe it. We stand firm on it. And we choose not to quit. We choose not to give up. We choose to continue to be strong in faith. We continue, like Abraham, to grow in faith. That we don't grow weary in well-doing. God, I come again the weariness that the enemy tries to put on your people. God, I come against that weariness right now in the name of Jesus, that they'll no longer be weary, that they'll no longer give in to that. But Father God, that we'll be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises, that God, we will be your righteous ones that live by faith, that we won't give in, that we won't shrink back like it says, but that we will continue to believe you for all that you've told us that God we will get to that place in our life where we are lacking in nothing because of your your work your 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 promises working in our lives God we thank you for who you are we thank you for all that you've done God we just thank you we choose to look to you as our healer we choose to look to you as our provider God, we choose to look to you for everything that we have need of. Because you are the healer. You are the provider. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah.